Welcome to Calvary Life DFW's weekly podcast. We hope this podcast encourages you, challenges you, and furthers your relationship with God in a whole new way. Enjoy this week's message. Morning. Yes. Come on. Who's happy to be in the house of the Lord? Yes. Hallelujah. Come on. Yes, we like to welcome our online viewers. Thank you for joining us this morning. Uh, we're, we're praying for you. We've been praying for you. Amen. Uh, we even if we don't know your name, we're pray, we're praying for you. We're praying for God's breakthrough. We're praying for God's provision over your life. Come on, this is a praying church. Amen. Hallelujah. Yes. So I'm excited. I'm back. Amen. I'm back. Yes. It's a little, little under the weather. I don't know what that really means, right, when you're under the weather. But I, don't, but I don't know. I was under something. And it didn't feel good. Amen. But I'm back. I'm happy to be back. Uh, thank, thank you for, for your prayers. Um, amen. Everything is okay. Basically, the doctor told me that I was just old. <laughs> that was the diagnosis. Amen. So, yeah, continue to pray for me. I, I appreciate that. Um, yeah, but definitely excited to be here. So, I have a few announcements I want, I want to make, and I want you to uh, write these down. Very, very important. So, write, write these down. So, a few announcements I have for you. Uh, so, one, uh, December 19th. December 19th, right? That's a Sunday. It will be our Christmas production. Yeah. And so it will be hosted uh, or put together by our Gate 54 kids and our uh, uh, Resurgence youth uh, kids as well. Amen. So, so, but here's your responsibility. Don't come alone. Bring someone with you. Now, I, don't mean, I don't mean just a theme that you come every week. I'm talking about somebody new. Bring, bring someone. We have a message for you. The theme in a series for next month will be joy. Come on. Come on. Some people, especially during this pandemic, has lost their joy. But the Bible says that the joy of the Lord is our strength. That means we don't ever have to lose joy. Amen? So make sure you bring someone. All right? So you got that down? You wrote that down? Okay. So then write this one down. December 24th, December 24th, right? That's Christmas, Christmas Eve. We will have a Christmas Eve service in the chapel. Now, I am forgetting the time off, offhand, uh, so, but we have it on the information. We, we will send it, send it all out, but it will be an evening service. And, uh, so we understand that some folks will be with their families and all of that, but if you are available to come, you know, make sure you come. It will be at the chapel. It will not be here. And also, December 26th, write it down, there will be no service in this building at all. So our Christmas service or, or, or December 24th will be our service for that weekend. Okay, we got it? Yeah. Everybody got it? Yeah. So we will send this information out, but you heard it from me first. December 24th, right, Christmas Eve, will be our service not December 26th. Yes. Amen? 
We're good? All right, all right. One more thing, one more thing. Write, write it down. Write, it, write this down. You ready? All right. So December, uh, I think it's 12th, right? December 12th. That's a Saturday, right? December 1st. Huh? What does that mean? 11th. December 11th. All right. Uh, it's a Saturday at the chapel. Men, we're throwing a Christmas party Woo! for you. We want to celebrate Christ together. It's going to be fun. It's going to be a chili cook-off. You know, men like to compete, right? This is your, your opportunity to compete. So it will be a Christmas party. I'm personally inviting you. I want men to come out. Let's fellowship together. We, we got a bunch of games, food, not just the chili, but we, you know, we, we have some other food as, as well. Amen. So, so men, make sure you're at the chapel at what time? 12, 12 noon. 12 noon. Amen. Amen. All right. And so one other thing. I am very excited about this. My daughter Tiffany and my son-in-law Terrell and baby Logan are here. They read, yes. So no, they're here, here. Like they're relocated from Connecticut to Texas to, to join us. So I'm excited. I mean, I mean, Terrell got no transition, right? He up there playing the keyboard already, right? It's, you come, you come to Calvary, you're like, we give you just a short time to transition. Just say hi to a few people, then that's it. Serve. <laughs> that's it. No transitionals here. Amen? Amen. So definitely excited to have some great things happening in this church, right? Uh, we, we ended our life group, uh, right? I heard just nothing but great things about our life, life groups. All three of them was a success. Amen? So we're excited about the next semester. Amen? Hallelujah. All right. So why don't you stand with me? I'm going to be reading out of Revelations 3. We're going to start in verse 7. We're going to do uh, 7 through 8. You ready? Amen. Come on. Let's get it. So... Write this to Philadelphia, to the angel of the church, the holy, the true, David's key is in his hands, opening doors no one can lock, and locking doors that no one can open, speaks. Actually, I'm reading out of the message uh, version, so if it sounds a little weird, because I'm reading out of the message version. So verse, verse 8, I see what you've done, now see what I've done, I've opened a door before you that no one can slam shut. You don't have much strength. I know that. You used what you had to keep my word. You didn't deny me when times were rough. You didn't deny me when times were rough. Hallelujah. So I'm going to speak to you on the subject, the power of an open door. Let's pray this morning. Father, I thank you, Lord, just that you are still on the throne, Lord, and we can, we can meet you at your throne. We can, we can meet you in your presence, Lord God, and you want to dine with us, Lord God. But so we just thank you for that. But we're able to do that, Lord God. You are always available to us, Lord God. So we just thank you, Lord. I know that you're going to do something special 
here today, Lord God. So we don't want regular church, Lord God. We want to see you move this morning. Thank you for using me as your vessel this morning, Lord God. Think with my mind and speak through my vocal cords today, Lord God. Let your word become flesh today. Have your way in this place, Lord God. If you're not here, Lord God, it's just church. We want to see something move today, powerful. We want to see souls, Lord God, change, Lord God. We want to, we want to see people give their lives to you, Lord God. We want to see the shackles broke, broken, Lord God. We want to see shackles break. Have your way in this place this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So you may continue to stand for the rest of the service. Hallelujah. Oh, okay. Oh, oh, wait. Oh, okay. Praise the good Lord. So we are still in the series, The Art of Following God. Um, we, we extended the series. I know it's kind of a long series, um, but I feel that it's important for us to continue. We have another week. Next week, we'll, we will end the, end the series. But it's very important in that we understand how to follow God or the importance of, of following God because you are who you follow. Right? So you, you are who you follow. So it's important that, that we, we, we follow God. And, and so the, the, the goal of of following God is to become more like Christ, right? But it's a process to it, though. It's a process to becoming more like Christ, and it's not just a one-time thing, right? It's the way of life, but it, 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 is, it is a process, right? So the process is you have to break up with your past, and you have to die daily and follow with purpose. It's a, it's, it's a process to it, right? So it's, a, it's an ongoing thing. We, we constantly have to break up with, with things that may be holding us back, right? So, so that's why when Jesus came to the disciples, the first thing they did when, when Jesus said to follow me, they, they dropped their nets. Because if we don't drop our nets or things that kind of got getting away of us following God, maybe some things happened in, in, in the past. We, we walk around with unforgiveness or, or disappointments and all that. Well, the, those things become a safety net. And it's hard to receive something good for, or new or good from God if you if you have you walking around with your safety nets, right? And so, and it's very difficult, very difficult to pick up your cross with your net in your hand. Right, so if, we, or if we're going to die daily, right, we must pick up our cross, right? Because some people say, yeah, I want to be there in worship. I, I want to be more like Christ. Well, you got to pick up your cross like he did, right? Is you have to pick up your cross. And it's not just a one-time thing, right? This is an everyday life. We must die daily. People have a hard time dying. Right? It's difficult, right? Because the flesh wants to rule. It will remind you of the past. It will remind you of good things that were, at least you thought it was good things in the past, right? Your flesh will come and visit you and say, let's hang out again. Right? Let's start doing the things that we used to do because it feels better. Life was more simple. Right? And so we have to die daily. Right? And follow God with purpose, with purpose. Serving the Lord, right? God will give you purpose. Yes, 
he will give you purpose. So it's amazing. So when Jesus so came to the disciples, I, I, I love this scene, and, and it's just so important. When he came to the disciples, it was just a normal day. It was a normal day. At least they thought it was. They were fishing. It's something that they did effort, effortlessly, right? It's something they did every day. It wasn't a big deal. They were good at it. And Jesus came along and disrupted everything. He says, he says to follow me. It changed their lives forever. Those two words, follow me, changed their lives forever. See, it was an invitation to a new open door. See, Jesus is the one who will open doors that no one can shut. Yeah. He will shut doors that, right? He will uh, lock doors that no one can open. Because Jesus is the door and he has the key. Oh, Lord, have mercy. Come on, let's go. Let's go. So John 10, verses 9 through 10, it says, I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved. Watch this. This is important. And will go in and out and find pastures. The thief does not come except to steal and kill and destroy. That is his DNA. That is his goal. That is his purpose for, 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 for our lives, right? In his life. I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. So this is important, right? So first of all, Jesus saying that I am the door. Jesus is not a door. He is the door for salvation. So a lot, a lot of people want to walk through different doors to, to receive God, right? But, they, but they, don't, they have to understand that Jesus is the door. He is the only way to salvation, through salvation. He's the only, he's the only way. I don't care what religion people tell you to, uh, about, about God. No, Jesus is the door. He is the door. So if you're listening to us online, you don't know anything about this Christ, you know, Christ life or whatever, Jesus is the door. I don't care what people are telling you about this religion or that religion, Jesus is the door. Amen. He is not a door. He is the only way to our Father. So, so we got that, right? So that's just a review for some of, us, some of our believers. But it doesn't stop there. Right? So we must walk through the door for salvation, but that's not the only time we walk through the door. Because it says, right, it says that we walk in and out, in and out to receive pastors. See, the problem with some people, right, it stops at salvation. Right? So it's like, I'm good. Like, you know, I received Christ as my Lord and Savior. I'm fine now. I got my ticket to heaven. Now I go and live the way that I want to. Wow. But no, 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 no. It says once you walk through the door and receive salvation, now you can go in and out and you receive 
pastures. That means you will receive rest. See, what this actually is saying that we must stay in the will of God. See, God, see, Jesus doesn't want us to just re receive a, a, a internal life only, right? But he wants to, us to receive the fullness of life. Because he says, I came not only to give you life, but I came to give you life more abundantly. So that means, right, so he wants to, to us to live a life here that will reflect the life up there. So he says, so, so, so he wants us to walk in and, and out as, as we please, because he is the door. So that means we will receive, if we continue to stay in the will of God, we receive that joy. We receive that, that peace, right? Because we, we are in alignment with God, right? We, we receive that joy and that, and that peace, right, and that breakthrough that we actually need. So he is the door, but you don't walk through it just one time. Right? We don't walk through it just, just one time. Is, is that okay? Yeah. So, so, then, so then he says, so, it, so the verse 10, is not, it's not a throw-in verse. Right? He put the enemy on notice for a reason. He says that the thief, that, uh, not, he, he just comes to steal, kill, and destroy. So what does he say? It actually connects to verse 9. Because, right, because as long as we are with the Lord in the presence of God, in his will, Jesus will, we will allow Jesus to cancel or, or to reverse the enemy's plans that's trying to destroy us. Right? So we must continue to walk through the door. That means we must remain in the will of God. We must, we must continue to follow him. We must continue to be in his presence because he is the door. Because he provides that refuge that we need, right? It's hard for the enemy to get you if you're in God's refuge. I, I know sometimes it takes you a little while to kind of catch up, right? All I need is about two or three people to go with me this morning. Jesus is the door. Sometimes, sometimes we forget. We start knocking on different doors, right, to try to receive our, our healing or, or, or a word or whatever. No, you go back to that door. Jesus is the door. Oh, Lord. Lord have mercy. Hallelujah. When God opens a door, he provides a path to accomplish his will and purpose for your life. Right? See, but the problem is when God opens a door, we must walk through it. Right? So when God opens an opportunity, opens up a door of opportunity for you, you must walk through it. You know, so maybe God has opened, opened up the door for you, an opportunity for a promotion at your job or, or an opportunity, open up an opportunity for you to minister to your family or your neighbor. I don't, I don't know whatever the opportunity is, but when, when God opens a door, you got to walk through it, right? We, we must walk through the door, right? But a lot, sometimes uh, an open door comes um, in time of opposition. And, and so a lot of times we refuse to walk through the door, right? Because it's going to require trust, another level of trust. It's going to require obedience, 
right? It's going to require, like, crazy faith, right? Because crazy faith, because you, like, you see the door open. Sometimes the door is only cracked. It's not open all the way. It's like, okay, so I prayed for this opportunity, God, but the door is not wide open. I only see a little crack in the door. Should I walk through it? So sometimes, right, uh, crazy faith is takes, uh, uh, challenges you to walk through something foggy. You, you can't really see what's behind the door. <laughs> right? So it takes kind of crazy faith to, to, to walk through it. Faith doesn't make any sense. Right? So, so a lot of times you, uh, op- uh, when God opens the door, it's, uh, it's during uh, times of opposition, but he's giving you the answer. But he's giving you the op- opportunity to walk through a door. Is this okay so far? So just like the, the pandemic, right, we're experiencing a pandemic, it's a, it's a, I believe that God's op- opened the door for, for a lot of us, for, for believers, right? Open, open the door for us to slow down. Slow down and seek his face. Slow down and seek his face. God didn't cause the pandemic, right? He's just, he's just using it. So for, for believers to hear from him yeah. and to receive from him, from him to hear, to, but God wants to give us instructions on how to lead people during these challenging times, yeah. right? But you got to slow down. And seek his face, right? So a lot of people, right, miss, miss this opportunity because they, they've been so focused on the pandemic instead of seeking God in the pandemic. Right? It didn't catch God off guard. It caught most of the church off guard, but it didn't catch God off guard. He knows what he's doing. He's sitting on the throne. He's like, y'all running around like, like crazy, whatever. You know what I mean? I, I'm, I'm in control. I've got a plan. I have a word for you. Slow down. Seek my face. Humble yourself and pray. Hallelujah. So in our text, it's Jesus speaking to the church of Philadelphia. Now, he spoke to saw seven churches of, of Asia Minor, right, that, would, that were in Asia Minor, right? This, I want to be with this church. I don't want to be the other churches. I want to be this church. So he was speaking to, see, he wasn't just talking to anyone, though. He wasn't just talking to any person. He was, just, he was talking to faithful believers who were scattered around of Philadelphia, right? He was speaking to them, right? He was speaking to the faithful people, right? And so the church there were, you know, was placed in that city to, to make a difference, to spread the gospel. And, and so, here, so here's the Lord speaking to them, you know. Uh, so this actually proves that God just, just doesn't look down on us, right, to just want to correct us. He's not a mean God, right, just looking for us to make a mistake, right? No, he looks at the things we do really well, right, the things that we're doing for him, and he gets excited about it. He says, he says, hey, I see, I see your works. I see what you've done. He said, I, I see what you've done. Now, he, he's like, now see what, what I've done. I have opened 
a door for you. I've opened a door. And, he's, and he loved, I love what he says. He says, he says, you didn't have much strength. Like you did, you did what you've done, but you didn't have much strength. I know it. But you kept my word. And you did not deny me when things got rough. Oh, my Lord, I can stay on this all day. Right? Oh, my goodness. Like you, like you, you, you didn't give up. When times got tough, you kept my word. Like maybe, so they were, you have to understand this church, they were, they were surrounded by non-believers. Everyone didn't believe Christ, so they could have easily got influenced, Right? By the culture there. Yeah. No, 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 no. No, they didn't give up. They kept his word. And they did not deny him when things got tough. See, sometimes when things get a little difficult, we tend to give up. God's saying that, no, no, keep my word. Don't give up. Amen? Amen. So I know you may be in a, in, 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 at a job where no, no one else believes Christ but, but you. He says, I'm including those Sunday Christians, too. Wow. <laughs> you know the Sunday Christians, right? You know who, who they are, right? So they, they, they believe God on, on, on Sundays, right? But they, but they forget about the word on Mondays. Wow. Well, you know, he says, right? So sometimes we're surrounded by Sunday Christians, right? But you, no, not you. You, 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 you kept my word. You did not deny me when things got, got tough. Right? So this, here's, this, is, this is the church of Philadelphia. I want to be this church. I want this church to be that church. Yeah. Where we become that lighthouse, right, in the community. Amen. And where when things get tough, like we all go through tough times together. Yeah. Right? And we keep his word. Right? And we don't deny him when things get tough. Right. Is anyone going with me this morning? Amen. Hallelujah. And so, so God, so God saw their faithfulness. He saw that they were faithful. Right? So point number one I want to make. Point number one. God didn't reward their talent, their gifts. He rewarded their faithfulness. Yeah. Hallelujah. God rewards faithfulness. Everything you do for, for God is recorded and he rewards you for it. See, faithfulness is the ability to see things through. So faithfulness, faithfulness. God said, I, I see you. I see what you've, you've done. I see your faithfulness. I see when you serve when no one else is looking. I see when you serve when no one else thanked you for it. I see that. I see it, and I'm going to, to reward you for it. I see you, single mom. I see you raising up your kids in a godly way, amen, and not complaining about it, and you still love me, you still give your heart to me. I see you, single mom, and I am going to reward you. Amen. I am going to reward you. I see you. You're faithful at your job. You're the first one there. You don't complain like your other coworkers do. I see you, and I'm going to reward you for it. 
I see you, people that set up the church every week and tear it down every week without complaining with a smile on their face. God's saying that, I see you. I see you that serve in all the ministries and all that, and you, and you, you don't complain. You, you, you smile and you, 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 you welcome people with, with open arms and you love on people every week. I see you. I see you, worship team, how you weather the storm, the challenges of, 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 of you know, singing every week. I see see you, I'm going to reward your faithfulness. If I can get this. That's when I, I don't know, when I, when I hear that, that's like a shouting moment right there. That's because God reward faithfulness. He rewards faithfulness, right? Men may overlook it, but God sees it. Amen. God sees what you do. And you know what? That's all that matters. All that matters is what God sees you. It's when you're faithful to your spouse and that your spouse isn't. God sees it. Amen. You still stick it out because you see the purpose that God has for your spouse. You know what? I'm going to stick by him. I'm going to stick by her no matter what. Amen. I know, God, you are in control. You're telling me to stay. I'm going to stay. I'm faithful. I'm faithful. I see, see, faithfulness doesn't de- uh, determine the circumstance, right? Or you're not faithful because of the circumstance. You're faithful just to, because you are. Wow. If that makes sense. I don't know. I don't know if that was English. That was something. I don't know what it was. So, so it's one thing to simply believe him, but it's another to be faithful to God. Wow. To be faithful to God. When we are truly faithful to God, this shapes the way we live, right? So Bishop Dale Bronner says, faithfulness manifests itself through submission, loyalty, and constancy. Submission, loyalty, and constancy. So let's break that down just a little bit, right? So submission. So faithfulness requires us to submit our, our ways to God, Right? And so, you know, the one, so the one way you can, you can measure um, if you're submitted or not is when someone tells you no. Right, so if you want to know if you're submitted, like, to your, your, your boss, right, uh, what happens when he or she tells you no? Or if you, if you one way to measure if you're submitted to, to God is it's when he either tells you no or doesn't answer you right away. Oh, this got really quiet. Maybe because it's dark in here. Let me raise up the lights, get people happy in this place. I mean, it got really quiet, right? So there's one way to know if you're, you're, uh, you're uh, submitted is, is when you hear the, the word no, right? But you have to understand faithfulness is always measured by action. It's not, not about what you say, but it's by what you do. Otherwise, right, how are you, how are you going to know? If you, don't, if you don't measure it, how, how would you know if you're faithful? You have to measure it. You have to measure something, right? Amen. Right? So it's, it's usually measured by your obedience. See, obedience is the key to open, to open every door. So you remember John, John um, 5. Let's go to John 5. Let's go there. Let's go the other way. So John 5, starting in verse 5, it says, Now a certain man was there who had an infirmity 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he had already had been in the condition a long time, he said to him, 
do you want to be made well? The sick man answered him, Sir, I have no man to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up. But, but while I'm, uh, I am coming, another steps down before me. Jesus said to him, Rise, take up your bed, and walk. Rise, take up your bed, and walk. So the man's obedience activated the blessing. So, so the first call is not, the blessing, the first call is the test. The first call is the test to see if you're going to obey. That's the, that's the first call. So sometimes we fail at the first call. We want, so we think when we, when we pray, we ask God to bless us for something, we, we think we're going to receive the blessing first. It's usually, right, the first call is usually the test to see if you're going to obey. So here's, here's Jesus saying, do you want to, to, be, to, to be made well? Right? So he, so he making all these, you see, I mean, he, I seen people walking by, they just, they won't help me. Jesus, they won't help me. So he's saying that, dude, rise up, take up your bed, and walk. Do something. Not something, something. Do something. Like, you got to do something. I mean, sometimes we're just waiting. Like, we think Jesus is like a genie in a bottle. Jesus, help me, help me, help me. You know, bless me, bless me, bless me. You're like, do something. Rise. Take up your bed and walk. Believe in the power of Christ. Believe in the power of Christ. Get up and walk. You got to do something. Don't just sit there wasting everybody else get blessed. Right? We get in those modes. Sometimes we walk, we see everybody else getting blessed. They get in the water. They're being healed. They, they share their testimony. Hallelujah. God just did, did this for me. God did that for me. But you're sitting there, you're lying there doing nothing. So the first call is not the blessing. It's the test. So you may be asking God for something. And he's not giving you the answer that you want. Especially Relationships. Right? You're asking, God, is he or she for me? And God is not answering you because he's probably sending you a test. Right? You're asking God for a promotion at your job. He's not answering you. He said, are you going to honor your boss? (laughs) He says to honor your boss. Oh, Lord, have mercy on me. Lord, you see the looks I got. So faithfulness is measured by stewardship. Right? So you remember uh, in Matthew 25 where the master gave uh, three servants uh, uh, talents, right? And, you know, the, the first two, uh, he, he, the master told them he wanted them to multiply, right? Take the talents and multiply. So the first two did it, right? And he says, well done, good and faithful servant, right? You, you remember that? If you don't know that, just go you know, go read it on your own, Matthew 25. But then the third one didn't, right? He, so he saved his talent. He kept his talent safe. He got rebuked, right? And, and um, so the, the lesson here is, so is that God is not going to be happy with us if we just maintain and never seek to multiply. So, so, you met, so faithfulness is measured by 
by your stewardship. So it's what God gives you to steward. So we have to understand what when God gives us something, it's a loan. Our bodies, oh Lord, I've learned that. <laughs> Lord have mercy. I'm delivered, Lord. I know I'm, I'm a steward of my body. Our, our bodies, right? Um, relationships, uh, finances, right? So everything you have is on a loan. So relationships that God brings into your life, God wants us to steward them. So we, he wants us to be faithful. So how to me- measure our faithfulness if, is, 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 is how we steward the relationships that we have. Right? So when God sees you are doing your part, developing what he has given you, then he will do his part and open doors that no man can shut. Isn't that good? No. So it's not enough to keep your, your talent safe. Do you remember Genesis 26, 12? I'll, I'll read it. <laughs> then Isaac sowed in the land, and that land, and reaped in the same year a hundredfold. Mm, i say that again, right? Because I want that to be a blessing over, over this church. Then Isaac sowed in that land, and he reaped in the same, in the, in the, in the same year, a hundredfold. And the Lord blessed him. The man began to prosper and continue prospering. It wasn't just one blessing. It was like multiple blessings until he became very prosperous. Man, that's a word for the church right there. And so, but here's here's the key. Isaac didn't sow when things were great. He sowed in a famine. Everyone else was just like, Isaac, you imagine this conversation with his friends. Yo, Ike, what are you doing? Like, what are you doing, Ike? Like, why are you sowing? He's planting, he was planting um, crops there, right? Um, but it was a famine. It was like no sun, I guess, or whatever, right? And so it wasn't a good season to do it. So everyone else was like, you know, they, they kept their seeds safe, right? Uh, so they did, they did not plant, but he did, right? He saw an open door. He saw an open door, and he sowed in the famine. So we, a lot of times we want to sow when things are good, Right? So it said, when you go through difficulty, right, you're going through a rough time, that's, a, that's the best time to sow. Sow a seed of faith. Sow a praise. <laughs> right? Sow a praise. This is a good time to worship. Right? Now, now, see, we like to worship when things are great. Right? But you want to confuse the enemy, you worship when things are going bad. Right? We like to be comfortable. We want to sow in good condition, right? So I don't know. If you are uh, uh, serving in this church, we love this church. This church is growing, right? But these are not in the best condition. Yeah. <laughs> but God says, I see your faithfulness. And you're going to reap what you sow. Yeah. Hallelujah. Others that come in a year from now, a month from now, six months from now, are going to reap because you sowed. That is like a shouting moment right now. Because what you are currently doing for God's kingdom, he sees it and he says, I am going to bless your faithfulness. Amen? Like it matters. What you do matters. Hallelujah. Oh man, I was wondering, I'm going to get you up one day. 
and shout. See, Isaac, he, so he sowed, he sowed a seed in, 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 in a famine, right? He realized the power is not in the seed. The power is the one who provides the seed. I'll let that one marinate for you. I'm going to keep going. I'm let that. Yes. So, okay. Faithfulness is manifested, manifests itself through loyalty, right? So remember, right? So it's, uh, it's submission, uh, loyalty, and um, constancy. So faithfulness is manifest. Faithfulness manifests itself through loyalty, right? So Proverbs 19, 21 says, many are the plans in a person's heart, but it is the Lord's purpose that prevails. We are to be faithful to God because he is faithful to us. He will never stop being faithful to us. So we, we are to be faithful to God. Loyalty, loyalty, I believe it's a lost art these days. You know, disloyalty has eroded the foundation of marriage, family, and the church. It's like, you know, um, so uh, being loyal exhibits our commitment to Christ by our commitment to people. Whew. So being loyal exhibits our commitment to Christ by our commitment to people. So to so your your marriage, your your family, oh yeah, and the church. Right? How you say it, Meg? To and the church. Right? So so we we can't say that we're not we can't say that we're faithful to God if we're not loyal to the people he put in our lives. Yeah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I, I, you know, I'm not even going to go. I'm just going to keep going. I'm not even going to stay there. So faithfulness manifests itself through constancy. Constancy. Right? So it's the quality of being faithful and dependable. Right? It continues to happen. Right? In and remain unchanging. And so it's when you keep going and remain unchanging, right? That means you continue to love God. You continue to be faithful to God and faithful to the things that he uh, require you to do, right? Unchanging, not moved by circumstance. Are you with me? So here's what constancy looks like in everyday life. Matthew 7, 7 through 8. It says, Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds. And to him who knocks, it will be opened to you. So it's to ask, seek, and knock. Ask, seek, and knock. It's a continuation. It's what we're so, supposed to do as we follow God. So we, so we ask, right? We have to continue in prayer. We don't stop, right? It says pray without ceasing. We continue to pray, right? The, so the Bible says you, at, you have not because you ask not. I don't care what's going on in your life. Maybe you have some disappointments or whatever. God said, ask. 
Like ask is power in asking. God invites us to ask. So you ask. Don't just ask that God, um, if you will, if you're not too busy, can you um, help me? No, God said ask with confidence. Confidence in knowing who he is. Like he is our father in heaven waiting for us to ask. What do you need? What are you, what, what do you want? Ask. Right? I know sometimes we, we wonder is, you know, if, um, you know, we wonder, like, how do we know a door is open, open to us? So we, we ask those questions. But the one thing we must know, the door that God opens will never contradict his word. That's why you, you ask according to his word. The door that God opens will always, uh, will always be accompanied by confirmation. And the door God opens will require you to depend on him. But we got to ask. We have to ask. And we have to seek. Seek his faith. Right? Seek his heart. Right? Seek him first. See, our approval comes from God. Right? So we must seek him first. Seek him first. Not others. We seek God first. Not the opinions of others. Right? Not just our desires. We seek him first. So this, this is my favorite one, the, the, the knocking one. This is, this is my favorite one. So it says, it says to, to knock. So it says to knock and the door will, will open to you. But here's the challenge about knocking. Knocking goes both ways. So the Bible does say, and this verse says that we, we ought to knock. We must keep knocking. But Jesus says in Revelations 3.20, Behold, I am at, standing at the door and knocking. Whoever hears my voice, right, and opens the door, I will come in and dine with him. So knocking goes both ways. So sometimes we're at the door and we're knocking because we want something. Say, Lord, help me, please. Help me, please, Lord. Knock. Come, open up the door, Lord God. I need an answer. And a lot of times God is saying to us, just open the door because I am standing at the door, right, wanting to come in. See, a lot of times we close doors, right, in, in our hearts, right? And we don't want the Lord to come in certain areas, right? Wow. See, when God opens a door, it's a call to intimacy. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It's a call to intimacy, right? But a lot of times, see, we want to receive the blessings from the Lord, right? And God say, no, 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 you open the door because I want to dine with you. Because sometimes we shut the door. Right? So certain areas in our hearts, man, I know at times, like, people hurt us. And a lot of times we feel like God doesn't help us. We get disappointed. Like, we get disappointed with God. But he's saying, I am standing, as we're knocking on the door, he's saying, I am standing at the door. Do you hear me? Open the door. I want to come in. And I want to dine with you. So as we knock, sometimes take a moment 
and just listen. Is he, does he want to come in to certain areas that we've closed? Does he want to come in certain areas that we've closed? So it's an invitation. See, God wants us to remain hung, hungry and thirsty. It's like a spiritual famine, right? It's like a spiritual a famine, right? But famine is not an absence of something. It's a lack of something. It's a lack of something. And so we will always lack strength. That's why God says that you are made perfect in my strength, right? And so we will always lack some. We will always be in need of more of God. Is, is that okay? Right? We will always be in need of more of God. But it's, but it's troubling sometimes when we go through a spiritual famine where we, don't, we go through a famine with no hunger. We go through dryness with no thirst. He says, blessed are those who hungers and thirst after righteousness. They will be filled. Right? But sometimes people go through a famine with no hunger. Like, what happened to the church? They no longer hunger and thirst after God. What happened? That we don't spend time in prayer together, seeking him seeking his face together. What happened? Well, only a few people show up to prayer time. What happened? So God wants us to stir up the hunger, right? The hunger. So it's nice to be around others that are hungry for God because you catch it. Spiritual hunger is contagious. Get around people who are hungry. You have to pray for hunger. You have to pray for it. Then you have to act on it. Right? That means you have to continue to pursue God for it. The more you encounter his presence, the more you will hunger for him. Hunger for him. It's an invitation. So I'm going to close with this. Right? So back to our, our, our text, right? So God had told the church of Philadelphia that he, he has a door, an open door uh, for them. He has opened a door for, for them. See, it was, he opened a door to his heart for them to serve him. He gave them actually uh, influence over the area. To, he, he, so they can influence the, the area. He gave them favor over the area. See, I believe Calvary that God has opened a door for us in this area to serve this area, to minister to this area. Amen? And we just need the hunger. We just need to have that hunger for God. Right? And thirst after God, the things that he wants. Amen? So we have favor. This church, I don't know if you believe that. Like, we have favor over this area. Amen? And so I think we need to hunger for it. It's, imagine if we give, give our time in praying over this, this area. Give our time to minister over this area. What will happen? 
we have a wonderful outreach leader, Sterling. Uh, is he? He went went to the restroom, but uh, Sterling, um, he heads our our um, outreach uh, team. Uh, and so I would encourage some of you to join him. And and come up with ways to, way we can impact the community around us. So when God opens the door, it also opens the door for opportunities that we never could imagine, right? So he opens a door of influence of, 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 of this area. Amen? Come on, stand with me. He says, I see, I see you. I see you. I see how faithful you have been. And I'm going to reward your faithfulness. It's going to reward the church's faithfulness. I believe that. I believe that. We have to stay hungry, though. I got invited to, um, to come here on Wednesdays, Wednesday mornings at uh, 7 a.m. by a couple of guys here in the church. And so they've been actually coming here to pray. They've been praying for the church. They've been praying for folks, folks online They've, and people that we don't, we don't know. They, com they committed themselves. No one asked them. They just decided we're going to come here and pray. And they said, they said, they said, Pastor, we're, we're, we're hungry. You know, can you imagine how that made me feel as a pastor? Wife and I labor, associate pastors labor in, in prayer for this church. I see, just two guys just decided, you know what? Let's come here Wednesday mornings and let's pray. Let's get, go before the Lord. Let's pray. They said, Pastor, you can come if you want. I said, I'll be there. Are you kidding me? Oh, my gosh. We'd love to do that. So for those who are available, there's no pressure. If you're hungry, if you have time, I know people's schedules crazy. If you got time, just come and join us. 7 a.m. We go before the Lord together. I, we, I came last Wednesday. I came this Wednesday. Wednesday. We, God showed up. It was awesome. It was awesome. The power in the open door. God's opened the door for this church. He is the door. He is the door. So you, you can't go by what you see. Just continue to be faithful. So faithfulness is the ability to see things through. I'm faithful because God's faithful to me. Hallelujah. Bless you. Bless you. God's going to bless you. He's going to open a door for you. Amen.
thank you for tuning in to Calvary Life DFW's weekly podcast. If what you heard today impacted you, be sure to tell us about it. You can rate and subscribe to this podcast or contact us on social media. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram or our website, calvarylifedfw.com. Thank you so much and have a great week.